Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. To kick things off today, I would like to I would like to share a personal anecdote. I have made content on the internet about language learning for a number of years. And when I have made this content, I have not been very focused on the production quality. For example, I don't have a mic- a professional microphone for my podcasts. I literally use the microphone on my phone or I use the microphone that comes with my headphones. And let me tell you that's not an amazing microphone. It's just a regular old microphone. I do not edit the podcasts. I do not run it through any softwares to improve the audio quality. When I make videos, I just use the camera on my on my MacBook. I don't use a special microphone. I don't edit the videos. I focused all my attention just on the message, the content, and not so much the production quality. Recently, however, for two separate reasons, I've decided to start putting a little bit more attention on the production quality of my content. The first reason is that I wanted a personal project. I wanted something to keep my mind occupied. I believe this is very important. We all need things to keep our mind occupied. And they have to be things that that excite us, that make us feel fulfilled, gives us something to look forward to. And when I was thinking about a new project to start, because I'm always starting new projects, it energizes me, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be challenging and fun to learn more about production quality and actually make an effort to increase the production quality even just a little bit of my podcasts, my videos, any content that I'm making? Listen, it doesn't have to be TV quality, but can't I make it 10% better? Wouldn't that be interesting to even learn how to do it? So I could even say, yes, I know how to set up my camera. I know how to get the lighting right. I know enough about audio quality to get a nice, nice, crisp audio. Yes, I know at least a little bit about microphones and how to edit and this and that, the other thing. It's a cool skill. It's a cool, it's a cool skill for me to know how to do. For, for instance, I know how to edit videos reasonably well. I'm not a professional video editor, but I know how to use Final Cut Pro. I know how to use color masks. I know how to edit the lighting. I know how to chop and trim the video. I know I know a decent amount, which is cool, and I like knowing that. So I thought, well, it would be a cool personal project for me to start working a little bit on the production quality of my content. Hence, I'm actually making this podcast here with, if you saw me, you'd be laughing, but I have this microphone in the house and I'm testing it out. Someone gave it to me a few years back. I think it's a fine microphone. It's okay. It's nothing special, of course, but it's not bad. The only problem with it is that I have to plug it directly into my phone. So I have to hold... It looks really silly. I wish I could take a picture of it. I'm holding my phone, which has a USB-C to a 3.5 millimeter jack converter, which kind of looks silly sticking out of it. And then I've plugged this, to be honest, funny looking microphone into that USB-C adapter. And I'm holding the phone pretty close to my face because the cable's like two inches long. And that's the only way I can get the microphone close to my face. But that's what I have in the house. And I decided, well, why not try it and see what it's like? Um, And so that's reason number one. Reason number two is... I have been wanting to actually put a little bit more focus on my content, both in terms of the messaging, making sure the content that I have is actually really useful, 
the production quality, the the watchability. I actually want my social media presence online to grow a bit more and I want people to pay more attention to it and I want it to become a place that I'm sorry, I want it to become how do I say this? I want to do a better job of branding for my business using my content. And I think one piece of that is going to be focusing even just a little bit on the production quality because I literally focus on it zero in the past and currently. So that's a new little personal update and a personal project that I'm working on. I think for those of you listening, maybe something you can take away from that little anecdote is, well, number one, it's important to have personal projects. And heck, they can be they can be professional projects too. Like this project for me around increasing the production quality, it's personal and professional. It's personal and professional. It brings me personal satisfaction and it also happens to be something that helps me, that could possibly help me professionally, right? And second of all, I think it's important to take baby steps. That's really important. Baby steps and start with what you have. Start with what's really easy to do and what's doable. So I've got this stupid microphone that I've plugged into my phone and looks absolutely ridiculous. But that's a very small thing I could do today. I was like, I can do that today. I didn't have time to go buy a new microphone. I didn't have time to order one on Amazon. Like, I didn't have time for that. What did I have time for? A little bit of research on microphones because I want to work on the audio quality. A little bit of research on what else is important for audio quality apart from the microphone. And to plug this dinky thing in that I have into my phone and start using it to, to take a baby step in the right direction. And in my life over the past couple of months, baby steps has been a big theme. And it's crazy how those baby steps add up over time. Incremental progress. Incremental progress is, well, perhaps the most effective way and most efficient way to actually aim for progress. I don't think rapid, significant change generally happens overnight for most people. Obviously, there's exceptions. Now, with that aside, let's dive into today's language learning topic, which is a fascinating one to me. It's never, it's not something I ever would have thought that I would actually talk about on the podcast. And it has to do with a conversation I had with a tutor who works for me a couple of days ago. So this tutor teaches uh, teaches a larger group class right now that has about 20 people in it. Now that's rare in my business. Almost all the classes that my team and I teach, they are either private classes or small group classes with like two or three people. But she happens to have this one class right now that has about 20 people in it. And we are having a conversation a couple of days ago and she made a baffling comment. She commented to me that the vast majority of people in her group class are very interested in learning language, but they're but they are not all that connected to the culture behind the language. So they're learning the language independently from the culture. And I thought to myself, that's odd. I would have never thought that there are language learners that learn the language independently of the culture. Like, whoa, isn't that interesting? I'm not someone who does that. The tutor I was speaking with, she's not someone who does that. And it baffled me. But I'll be honest, after I thought about it a little bit more, I think that this is more common than one would think. For instance, I currently teach uh, roughly 150 students. Now that sounds like a lot, but I personally teach about 150 
a, a hundred of them, roughly speaking, are students at the school that I teach at. So there are these classrooms. So 150 might sound like a lot, but it's not nearly as overwhelming as it might seem because a hundred of them, roughly speaking, are all in a school. So I'm teaching like in, a, in classrooms, but I digress. But I think about it, the majority of the 150 people I teach are also learning are also learning language reasonably independently from culture. They really are. So a good example of this is the vast majority of my students that I personally teach have no interaction with native speakers. They have no interaction with native speakers. The only person they speak to who is strong in French or Spanish or whatever language is me as their teacher. That's it. Nobody else. And, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of these, a lot of my students, the majority, have not actually gone to a country that speaks the language that they're learning. A lot of them have not. Or if they have, it was just a very brief trip. They don't know very much about the customs of the country that speaks their target language. They know almost nothing. In the best case scenario, well, best case scenario is I do have some students that are at least reasonably aware about culture too, and they're not completely learning the language independently from culture. But even that's a minority. There's just a few people like that. I would say at best, apart from a few rare exceptions, they know a little bit about the culture from a very theoretical perspective, but they don't have a lot of personal experience with it. And I think that's, I think that's a shame. I think that's a shame. I think that language and culture should not be learned independently from one another. I think they should be learned, they should be learned almost hand in hand together. Um, you should talk to native speakers. You should have experiences in the target language where you get to interact with the culture firsthand. You should learn about the customs and traditions and and belief systems and and you should learn about those the places to travel what do how do people view the world that's that's quite important when learning another language and my initial hypothesis as of right now I don't know if this is true now I'm just talking off the top of my head but off the top of my head this seems correct to me I think if you learn culture along with language I believe that it will have a positive impact on how quickly you learn for a number of reasons. I think reason number one, if you are interacting with the culture behind the language that you're trying to learn, that very likely means that you are interacting with native speakers of the language. And by interacting with them, you are going to have more memorable experiences in your target language, which means that you're going to learn new words and phrases and expressions, and they're going to stick more because if you are hanging out or even spending time with native speakers, you will have some experiences with them, some memories with them, fun times, embarrassing times, intense times, who knows what it is. And those emotions that you have when hanging out with these native speakers are going to help these whatever you learn with them stick far more deeply in your mind. Or even if you have a private tutor who's a native speaker and you develop a friendship with this person and you learn things in the class, because you've developed a true relationship with that person, the conversations, the discussions, what you talk about together is far more likely to stick in your, in your brain. That's what I believe. 
I'll, I'll give you an example. When I went to India back in 2018, and I was taking intensive lessons there with a private tutor, the tutor and I had um, an unusual relationship. We viewed the world so differently, so differently. And we would have debates about how we view the world. And there's so much that I learned through those debates. And I, the things I learned are now in my brain. I will not forget them. But if you learn language independently from culture and you're just learning by using your textbook or watching YouTube channels, listening to podcasts that are focused strictly on the language side of things, it's devoid of, it's devoid of color. It's devoid of color. You're just learning. It's like you're learning. You're, you're, you're eating this cake without any icing on it. And that's fine. Cake is cake. Cake is yummy. But the icing is important. It's an important part of the cake. Culture is something like the icing. It's actually more than icing. It's like icing with some nice, delicious, juicy, colorful fruit on top. And, and it's almost like you had a cake with no sugar in it even. Imagine a cake that had no sugar, no icing, no toppings. That wouldn't be a very good cake, now would it? If you, if you learn language independently from culture, it's something like doing that. Sure, you can still eat the cake, but it's nowhere near as delicious it's nowhere near as delicious as it would be if you had toppings and icing, right? So learn language. Do I'm sorry, do not learn language independently from culture. Learn it with the culture. Now, let me give you a few tangible ways that you can do this. Number one, interaction with native speakers. That's important. Now, you don't even have to be very fluent to have some sort of interaction with native speakers. So I'll, let me give you some examples from my life. When I was learning Spanish, even when I wasn't very, very advanced, I would tr I would save up some money and travel to places that speak, that spoke the language that I was trying to learn. So Spanish, for instance, I, sp I traveled to Peru. Um, I would seek out opportunities locally to talk to people, even if I spoke to them in English, but even just to spend time with people who were native Spanish speakers. I was a little bit more brave, so I often would try to speak with them in Spanish. I would try my best. But maybe if you're more on the introverted side, or maybe it makes you more nervous to speak in, in the target language, even just to spend time with people who come from the, a country that speaks a language that you're trying to speak. You'll learn a lot about those people, and you still will learn a little bit from them. You could hire a private tutor who's a native speaker and, and become friends with that person. I've done that in the past. It's a it's a great it's a great way to go about things. Consuming content that's that's for native speakers, so you can see, you can see what kind of cultural differences there are. I'll, I'll give you an example. When you watch or when I watch um, movies like Bollywood movies, I don't watch a lot, but I have watched some. And when I've watched them, something I've noticed is the way that people interact with waiters. And serving staff in those movies is completely different than what you would see in a Hollywood movie. And there's a cultural difference you can see by doing that. You can see what the roads are like. The way they structure the movies and the, and the TV shows when you're watching them, you can learn a lot about you can learn a lot about how they view things. When you watch a comedy and you, even if it's with English subtitles, you can see what, what they find funny. Because comedy is different in every single country, which will then, to go full circle, will actually will actually help you understand the comedy when you are more advanced. Because you'll understand 
at least on a theoretical level, what they find funny and what they don't. Does that make sense? So in conclusion, I think I can I can go on this topic for, for a lot longer, but in conclusion, to wrap up this topic here, do not learn language separately from culture. I think they, they truly go hand in hand, and there are a number of language learners that do learn them separately from separately from one another and i don't think i don't think that's the best idea well everyone thank you for your attention i appreciate your uh i appreciate your ears what a strange sentence that's the sentence that popped into my mind i appreciate your ears because you use your ears to listen to the podcast anyway have a wonderful morning daytime afternoon nighttime whatever it is for you right now and we will speak very soon Bye for now. See you.